the real question or topic in my mind here, it's not Fields versus Bajan, Alyssa. It's Fields versus quarterback X with Bajan as the backup, as you said earlier, right? The Bears have found a backup quarterback, a young, cheap one. That's good. That's a good thing, right? But is Fields the guy in 2024 and beyond, especially if Poles can pick Caleb Williams or whatever quarterback he wants? That's the question, right? Fields isn't really battling Bajan for anything. He's battling quarterback X, which is the potential quarterback the Bears go out and draft with the number one overall pick, or if they trade the number one pick, who, what quarterback they end up with there, right? I mean, that's that's the question in my mind. That's the topic that's actually based in reality, and that's Fields is missing time, and other quarterbacks coming in and doing well and, and succeeding and letting the Bears win games, it's not good for Fields. He needs to get back on the field, right? Because he is battling quarterback X. <laughs> Hey there, everybody. Welcome into the program. Ryan O'Leary here along with my good friend, Alyssa Barbieri. It's the Bears Wire podcast. Uh, We're brought to you by the USA Today Network. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. We say this often, but we do appreciate you for hopping on board. We hope you stay every week. Subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend if you haven't. That's how you can support us. We appreciate that. Uh, Alyssa, how you doing this week coming off a Bears victory? I'm doing great. I mean, honestly, Ryan, I didn't expect this to to happen i mean i picked the raiders to win i just thought the bears are in disarray and it's just you i've come to expect lots of losing in the matt eberflus era and they pleasantly surprised me because they didn't just win they dominated this game granted i know this was a 500 raiders team that was not very good but again they took care of business and when you had a rookie quarterback getting his first nfl start uh he did very well he was very efficient bajan tyson bajan QB one, at least for right now. Um, he played mistake free football. He was very solid. He granted, he had a really strong productive run game, uh, specifically Deontay Foreman to lean on and a defense that was dominant. Very shocking. Uh, I I'm very pleasantly surprised, um, from this game. And again, now we're going into week eight. Hopefully it's something that they can build on. Yes, hopefully it's something they can build on. And uh, now that we have the pleasantries out of the way, Alyssa, I just have to get something um, off my chest to the people. Um, just uh, I owe an apology to Tyson Pagent. And here's just some of my commentary. This is a very <laughs> small clip uh, of my commentary about Tyson Pagent starting last week, Alyssa. Come on. This isn't where this kid should be playing. I think backup quarterback has been an oversight all the way through. Tyson Pagent, Nathan Peterman, like... They should have got a veteran guy behind fields. They decided not to. I don't see how he possibly could be ready. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Yes, thank you, Dr. Cox. I was wrong. I was wrong to uh, to ever question Tyson Bajan mania. Alyssa, I was wrong. Now, I kind of... I stand by the thinking around my take last week, the fact that the Bears took a, a huge gamble in dropping a veteran backup quarterback for this undrafted rookie, making him QB2. Again, this is a kid from Division II football. Uh, so it's, it's hard to imagine he'd come out and show the poise that he did, but man, he he looked good out there. It wasn't like he was Patrick Mahomes or anything. Uh, you know, I, I want to temper this, and we're going to talk about all the commentary that's going on right now about the Justin Fields-Tyson Bajan debate that is going on around Bears country. We're going to talk about that as well. Obviously, they love the kid, right, Alyssa? I think Luke Getze loves this kid. He probably fell in love with him at the Senior Bowl. Kid goes undrafted. They're able to snag him. It's all well and good. It's a good story. But for him to go out there, play mistake-free football, complete 72% of his balls. I mean, 
leads three touchdown drives, kind of confidently manipulates the pocket at times, right? Getting the ball out on time, all that. Like for him to go out there and the Bears dominate a what I thought was a better football team coming in in Las Vegas, 30 to 12. Like, how does that not open your eyes on the kids? So I'm, I'm re- doing a, a take retraction and an unofficial apology to Tyson Bajan. I was wrong on that take, Alyssa. So that's, that's where I want to start this week. Yeah, no, I was very impressed with what I saw from Bajan. If you watch that game, you find it hard to believe that that was an undrafted rookie out of Division II Shepard making his first NFL start. But everything that we've heard from the coaches and seen from Bajan, including back at college where he, he had over 7,000 passes right in his career. And he just for the record, he did have offers from D1 schools, but he chose to go to, you know, to his hometown school there um, in Shepherd. So, I mean, just really impressed with what we saw from him. Yes, he didn't put up otherworldly numbers. You know, he completed 21 and 29 passes, buck 62, one touchdown, but he didn't turn the ball over. He executed the game plan to perfection he executed the role of game manager specifically to perfection and there's nothing wrong with that he did what was asked of him they didn't demand too much of him because he's making his first NFL start you can do that when you have a really strong run game and you have a defense that actually really stepped up uh, and stepped up to the occasion which I know we're going to get to that later and when you have an offensive line that was able to do the unthinkable Ryan, and we talked about this last week, and that's contained Max Crosby. He had one sack on Beijing. and he had that early, and I was like, oh, no, this is going to be a long game if they can't handle that. I mean, I think the rookie Darnell Wright had a really good game, did a really good job. He's faced some tough challenges here um, so far against some of the top pass rushers in the league and just really allowed Beijing to, to, st- to play cool, calm, and collected from start to finish. And it was just really, really impressive. And I, ca- I came away from this game just really thinking to myself, wow, the Bears have a really solid backup quarterback here for years to come. And we're going to get a look at him again uh, on Sunday night against the Chargers, which is going to be interesting. But just very, very impressed by Bajan. Didn't look rattled. Didn't look nervous at all. He just went out there, executed the game plan, ran this offense, which was similar to the one he ran in college. And it just has you really coming away feeling confident that now we have to roll into week eight with a backup quarterback with Bajan starting again. Tip of the cap tip of the cap to Bajan. I mean, it was, um, it was good stuff. You can tell he has a little something. Uh, and I think the bears identified that the people in the building clearly are high on this, this kid. That's why they made him QB two, And it was a bold move and it's, it's paying off. I think they were right. I think the fans are loving him. <laughs> Alyssa, of course, as you wrote on bears wire, no one's more popular among bears fans than, than the QB two, Right. So, uh, Tyson Bajan is the, he's the topic in town right now, everybody's loving on him. I'm not sure how much Fields is loving him at the moment, but uh, but the fans are loving him. Uh, He's loving him. Fields was smiling. He was happy for him. <laughs> it was pretty cool. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Uh, but to the we, we do have to address the questions on like who's the starting quarterback when Justin Fields is healthy. That's a question that Matt Eberflus is getting. That's a question that Bears fans are talking about. Some people like Taysom Bajan as QB1. Those takes, I think, are just, can we just all calm it down right Alyssa can we just all just enjoy a good game by the kid right can we can we just do that and not freak out and say oh yeah no he's the he's the guy Fields isn't the guy like Bajan QB1 he's the next Brock Purdy whatever you want to call it like whatever I mean I think Bajan did a good job getting the ball on time is his release like Patrick Mahomes out there I don't think so I think you know he's got mechanics to work on Uh, all the passes were short right I mean 
I don't know what he's got for an arm right now or the processing. I mean, I'm sure that was by design to help him and the offensive line out, right? But I mean, 4.8 yards per pass play. I mean, once you get some film on the on on Bajan, defenses will adjust. I think we were talking before we hit record. I think Bailey Zappi in New England. Uh, Bears fans might remember Zappi from the Bears game against New England last year, that night game where Mac Jones threw some picks early. He got benched. The crowd's going nuts for Bailey Zappi. Zappi comes in. Oh, he had this. He was the savior. He was the next Tom Brady in New England. And what happened when some film was on him and defense has figured out what the Patriots are doing to kind of mask some of his uh, deficiencies, right? He got, it got so bad listed that he was cut this off season zappy and signed back to the practice squad. So, I mean, that, that can change quickly for a young quarterback to find success early. I'm not saying that's Bajit. I'm just saying like, we all need to calm down a little bit. Bajit had a good game, but as you said, he managed the game and it's not like he went out there and was Patrick Mahomes, right? It was a, a game plan type of thing. Short passes, get the ball out on time, help your offensive line, get the ball to playmakers, let them run a little bit. And he did a good job of that. Uh, but to me, like the the conversation of Fields versus Bajan isn't really a conversation. It's not based in reality. But what's your thought on all that? Yeah, first off, I want to say everyone's entitled to their opinion, right? And that's what what makes this interesting, right? And it keeps it, it keeps giving me stuff to write about, right. by uh, the uh, way. But uh, unless that opinion, opinion differs with ours, right, Alyssa, then it's exactly. not quite yeah, right. Exactly. And there's yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. And you have people that are coming out and saying it and they have their own evidence. Uh, in their own defense. But in my opinion, I want to say that this is just a virtual, just non-starter. It, there's not a quarterback controversy. I mean, fans are creating it. Justin Fields is a starter. I mean, again, give it up for what Bajan did. And I just hate that the controversy takes away at all, or even a little bit from what Bajan went out there and did. Like, let's celebrate his performance for what it was. It was a backup quarterback stepping up at a huge moment in his first NFL start as a rookie and just really going out there and just executing the game plan to perfection. Just really impressed by him. But at the end of the day, Justin Fields is the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. He is the more talented quarterback. You cannot tell me that Justin Fields couldn't have gone out there, executed a similar game plan the same way, or wouldn't have gone out there. And if given the, the same pass protection you know that he got from the offensive line, that Fields couldn't have put up better numbers or dominated this Raiders team. I mean, because we we saw outside, I mean, before the Vikings game where they just blitzed the hell out of them, the offensive line, and Justin Fields didn't stand a chance. We saw what Fields had done the two previous games against the Broncos and then against the Commanders, and you can't tell me that maybe Justin Fields doesn't have another one of those performances. And I hate that we have to compare it like this because I'm not taking anything away from Tyson Bajan. He did what was asked of him, and he did it well. But at the same time, I just I feel like it's a little premature to be having this discussion about, oh, my goodness, is there a quarterback controversy? But again, that's what Bears fans do. Speaking as what I've been a Bears fan for 20 years, over 20 years, and just it, it's the same thing over and over again. The backup quarterback is the most popular guy in the city. Once there's a, there's if the starter struggles or a starter's injured and you have a backup come in and they have one really good game, all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, that guy should be starting over who's clearly the starter. I've seen it before. This is not the first time. It won't be the last. Good on Bajan. I really do think, like I said before, that they found a really solid backup quarterback in Bajan, which is really good for this team. Now, we'll see if Fields is going to be the starter long-term for this team or if Ryan pulls ops to go in a different direction. But again, I, I I think it's too early to start having this conversation. I don't think there's really 
especially with the Bears, you heard Matt Eberflus come out and say, Justin is our quarterback. I know that's going to bring back memories for Bears fans of Rex is our quarterback, but it's two completely different situations. I mean, yes, Fields has struggled this season, but he really started to hit a rhythm until like a game plan against the Vikings that just didn't work and a really dominant defense that just threw everything that they had at Fields. And I mean, I just, I just think it's a non-starter, Ryan. I mean, I again, good on Bajan. He had a really good performance, but Fields is just the better quarterback. He is the starter, and that's not going to change, at least for the time being. Yeah, I liked what you said, Alyssa. Like, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But in my opinion, this is not this this conversation's not really based in reality. We all know that Justin Fields is going to come in when he's healthy. That's just what it is. So we can have the conversation all we want. I don't think that's really a, a a real topic, although it's fun to write about on Bears Wire and talk about on the show. Like we're here for it. Like throw out your opinions. We we want to hear them and we pay attention to them. But the real question or topic in my mind here, it's not Fields versus Bajan, Alyssa. It's Fields versus quarterback X with Bajan as the backup, as you said earlier, right? The Bears have found a backup quarterback, a young, cheap one. That's good. That's a good thing, right? But is Fields the guy in 2024 and beyond, especially if polls can pick Caleb Williams or whatever quarterback he wants? That's the question, right? Fields isn't really battling Bajit for anything. He's battling quarterback X, which is the potential quarterback the Bears go out and draft with the number one overall pick. Or if they trade the number one pick, who, what quarterback they end up with there, right? I mean, that's that's the question in my mind. That's the topic that's actually based in reality. And that's Fields is missing time. And other quarterbacks coming in and doing well and, and succeeding and letting the Bears win games, it's not good for Fields. He needs to get back on the field, right? Because he is battling quarterback X. That topic really, uh, that one fascinates me a lot more than the Tyson Bajan versus Fields talk. I mean, that is just, that's ridiculous. But this other thing is real. Like Fields versus quarterback X in 2024 and beyond. Fields got to get back on the field, right, Alyssa? Because Bajan coming in here and winning ball games isn't a good look for him. Yeah, those are two completely different conversations. That's a really good point that you brought up, Ryan, is, okay, I don't think that we have a conversation about Fields versus Bajent because it's just not a thing, but Fields versus a future replacement, that is something a conversation that we can have and we will have, I'm sure, on this show because it's going to be interesting these last few weeks, you know, whenever Fields does come back, you know, has a decision already been made by Ryan Poles? Has he decided already that he wants to move on from Fields? Does Fields still have some time left to prove uh, that he can be the guy? I mean, we will see. He does need to get back as soon as possible. And I think, obviously, that's another reason why you would go back to playing Fields to at least answer that question. Because I think we saw from what Bajent did, and hopefully we'll see more of that on Sunday night against the Chargers, that you have a solid backup in Bajent. That's good to know. But now you need to know for certain do you have a franchise quarterback in Justin Fields? So when he does come back, unless he just completely, you know, craps the bed over these last few games and you pull him and replace him with Bajan, you have to play, you have to see this out until the end of the season because you have to make a decision. Are, you know, are you going to move on from him? Are you going to pick up his fifth year option? Are you going to bring in a Caleb Williams or whatever quarterback to compete with him for the starting job, which is something that you can do as well next year. So, I mean, it's it's definitely, that's a conversation worth having. And Ryan, I believe that we will be having that as the season unwinds here. But again, we are, you know, in week eight. So we're going to stick with this. And Tyson Bajan is going to be making a second NFL start because Justin Fields still isn't there with the right thumb injury. Yep. We got a, we got a weekly show to do and it's Tyson Bajan time right now. We're going to, and we're going to yeah. do it. And we're going to continue that conversation. As Alyssa said, 
here coming up next, Bears and Chargers. An interesting little matchup. Bears, big dogs. We'll get to that here in a bit. I did Before we get to that game, Alyssa, I did want to shout out the defense a little bit uh, because we'd be remiss not to do that. I mean, over the 0-4 start the Bears had, I mean, I couldn't have said more negative things about the defense. I was ripping it every week. Uh, rightfully so. They couldn't get any pressure. They couldn't get off the field on third down. It was laughable. Their stats on third down defense. They couldn't really tackle. They couldn't really cover. I mean, there was not one thing they could do well. And, and as injuries piled up, we were just like, this might be the worst defense. It's easily the worst defense in the league, and it's a, the worst defense we've seen in a long time. But you got to credit the Bears and Matt Eberflus for turning this thing around, right? Uh, over the first four games, they gave up 137 points. 137 points in four games. Could you just wrap your head around that Oof. number? 34.25 per game average. Uh, so just dreadful, right? For and and this is supposed to be a defensive-minded head coach, Matt Eberflus, right? So that that was just dreadful. This is why we were talking about Eberflus on the hot seat and all that going into that Commanders game. The last three games, though, the Bears have allowed just fifty-one points, Alyssa. That's seventeen per game. They're allowed. They've allowed less points in each game going down the line, right? Twenty, nineteen, and now twelve to, in this game against Vegas. And some of those points, those twelve, was in garbage time. So. And your defense doubled down and got you a touchdown against Vegas. So we got to give them credit for that, right? So I think the defense is becoming a positive story based on what we saw the first four weeks to what we're seeing now. It's a little bit of a feather in the cap of Matt Eberflus. Now, I'm not sold on him, Alyssa. I know you're not either. Uh, you could bring up the the sequence at the end of the first half that we, we discussed before the show. I know you have some takes on that. But I think we got to give him a little bit of props because he has kind of I don't know if he's righted the ship. I don't know if the schedule has gotten easier. I don't know what it is, but he's done something to kind of make this. He's, he's turned this into a freaking disaster into a defense that's giving the Bears chances now. Uh, and, and that's a feather in his cap. You want to know what, Ryan? I'm going to do something that might shock some people, and I'm going to give Matt Eberflus a little bit of credit. Wow. I'm going to give him credit as a defensive play caller, not as a head coach. I mean, obviously, <laughs> we I have I have thoughts about that. He should not be the head coach beyond this season. Um, just look at the end of the first half. It's just a whole bunch of stuff. But as a defensive play caller, I, I definitely think that you, you can point to what this defense has done over the last three games. Um, as progress, uh, which was, and also something that we didn't probably think was, you know, probable to happen considering just how bad they were at the start of the season. But my goodness, you kind of just, like you said, the points per game. And I think, especially over the last two weeks, they're allowing an average 12 and a half points per game. And that includes against a top five Vikings offense and a Vikings offense that just took it to the San Francisco 49ers on Monday Night Football. So just saying, and I mean, it's impressive. I mean, maybe outside of the pass rush, which does remain one of the worst in the league at this point, you look at what this defense has been able to do, especially in one key area against the run. They had the 31st ranked rushing defense last season. They're a top five unit right now, allowing about 89 and a half rushing yards a game. It's wild. It's just very impressive, a very impressive turnaround from the from that from those guys um, on the defensive line, a lot of newbies and the, and the linebackers that they brought in. So you really you really see that improvement. And then Jalen Johnson, I want to give a shout out to my guy Jalen Johnson, who's in a rookie year. I'm sorry, in a contract year, last year of his rookie deal. And you know the trade deadline is around the corner. He's been one of the names that is the popular one to mention in regards to if the bears want to make a trade and 
I mean, he showed why in this game against the Raiders. And I think he's made it clear. Jalen's made it clear he wants to stay in Chicago. And I think he really made a point as to why the team needs to sign him right now, sign him to an extension. You know, he's someone who he hasn't really had the interception numbers. He had one career interception going into Sunday's game, and he doubled that, including a pick six that sealed the game. But, you know, Johnson has always been a really solid cover corner and just, I mean, Teams don't really target him, and when they do, it's not been pretty for them. I mean, he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league, highest graded by Pro Football Focus. I mean, let's go ahead. Give Jalen his due. Pay the man. Let's not have another Roquan Smith situation. At some point, Ryan Poles is going to have to have to start signing the good young players that are already on this team and not trading them away. Shout out to Roquan Smith last season. Um, but again, I think it's two completely different situations. You know, with Jalen, I think he's someone who he hasn't held out. He hasn't, you know, made it clear that he wants to be traded, which is what happened with the Roquan stuff. I think it got so ugly last season that that was, you know, that was the decision that had to be made. But with Jalen, he's made it clear he does want to come back. He did provide an update that says contract negotiations are trending in the right direction. They're having them now. So that's something to to look out for. Uh, in the coming weeks as well. But yeah, defense as a whole has just been very, very impressive over the last few weeks. And it's progress. And I think in a season that does feel lost at this point, it's de- that's something that you have to look to. You look for that progress and you know what this team is doing. And just, again, just very impressive uh, per- turnaround by the defense. And you know, look what happens when you get some healthy guys back. I know, that does help, right? I mean, certified Bears killer Devontae Adams, uh, the Raiders have. <laughs> Uh, Jacoby Myers, I think he's turning into one of the best slot receivers in football. Good job, Bill Belichick, letting him get away. Uh, so yeah, the Raiders got some good players, uh, some good receivers at least. And the Bears did a good job shutting them down. Jalen Johnson, um, chief among them, leading the the charge there. Yeah, I think I thought that was really good commentary, Alyssa. I mean, we'll see. The trade deadline is right after this game against the Chargers. I think it's what the the Tuesday after the game uh, is the trade deadline this year, and then. You know, if Jalen Johnson's still on the Bears roster, you have to think that they're serious about locking him up. Uh, and I don't think a lot of Bears fans would be uh, pissed about that. Uh, let's get into this game against the Chargers, shall we? But first, here's some fantasy advice from TheHuddle.com. Corey Bonini here with TheHuddle.com to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number eight. Quarterback Derek Carr, New Orleans Saints at Indianapolis Colts. Even though he has just one multiple touchdown game in 2023, he has gone over 300 yards in each of the last two contests. Indy has allowed the 13th most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. But that number is depressed from facing Cleveland and Tennessee. Four QBs have posted at least 21 fantasy points versus Indy this year, and Carr has the weaponry to make it five. Running back Raheem Mostert, Miami Dolphins at New England Patriots. Mostert rocked New England in week two when the Pats heavily focused on keeping Tyreek Hill from owning them. In that first meeting, Mostert rushed 18 times for 121 yards and scored twice. The Pats have surrendered totally neutral ground numbers since that game, and the majority of success against them has come via the passing game. Even after last week's flop, Mostert has still played far too well to be left on your bench. Make sure to lock him into all lineups. Wide receiver Gabe Davis, Buffalo Bills versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. After a month of strong play, Davis has turned in consecutive fantasy flops. The Buccaneers present a matchup that profiles well for volume, but not so much for big play types like Davis. That said, it's tough to run on Tampa. Tight ends rarely fare well, and this defense will have all it can do to slow Stephon Diggs. We like Davis's odds for getting into the end zone this week, and he's a pretty safe bet for at least 15 fantasy points. Tight end Jake Ferguson, Dallas Cowboys versus Los Angeles Rams. 
Ferguson comes off of his bye for a matchup with a top 10 opponent in terms of ease of exploitation, and he deserves a line of spot in all weekly formats. The Rams have allowed three touchdowns to the position and 13.7 points per game in PPR on the year. But the kicker is that all of those scores have come in the last five weeks. This is the second best yardage matchup since week two's conclusion. Ferguson really could challenge for a top five spot this week in fantasy scoring. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. Alyssa, uh, Tyson Bajit trending towards a second straight start um, as the Bears turn their attention here to a Sunday night football game against the Chargers. Are you ready for a primetime game or what? Ugh, I don't like primetime <laughs> games. Uh, and that's just as, you know, someone that covers the team. It's just because, again, like with the Washington game, I was up till 2 a.m. Uh, <laughs> just kind of, you know, doing post game and getting some content ready for the morning. So in that part, I don't like primetime games. But, hey, the Bears won the first primetime game that they played this season. So I don't know. Maybe this will be interesting. And it, it is interesting to note, too, that I believe three of the Bears' next five games. Let me double check on my thing. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, three of the next five Bears games are going to be primetime. So that should be interesting. At the coffee sure. <laughs> So I had to get ready for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got you to gotta get yourself prepared. Maybe drink some coffee at kickoff. You know, you got to figure that out. But uh, we, you always do a great job. We're not worried about the Bears wire coverage. Uh, just like you do a great job. We've said this in the past about just like keep, you know, getting the pulse of the Bears fans and what's in their minds. Uh, are Bears fans excited to be winning games, Alyssa? Or are they do they want the top two picks? Are they obsessed with picking one, two in the draft next year? Like, are they rooting for the Bears to win these games with Tyson Vagent? Like, what what kind of vibe are you getting right now as we go into this game? Well, I mean, I think having the the Panthers' first round pick is definitely helping matters. Where sure, yeah. you, you know some of the fans that would be rooting, you know, for the Bears, not rooting against the Bears, but just you know, kind of being okay with the Bears losing because then their draft pick would be higher. I mean, I think you can look to the the Panthers first round pick and be like, okay, Hey, if anything, that's our best chance to get the number one pick. So yay, let's go you know, root for the bears. And I mean, I think that bears fans are always going to root for their team, but it does help when you have that extra first round pick. Cause you know, I mean, you know, watching last week too, you know, a number of whether it was one win or two win teams were getting victories and then it's like, whew, okay, that's helping. So the Bears, they did lose the number two pick, uh, and the Cardinals now have that. But you have two top three picks at this point, and that's going to play itself out. But let's let's turn our attention to this game, and you know, I mean, this it's 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 a good one because this is going to be an interesting matchup. It's going to be a real test for the defense too, I think, which has been trending in the right direction. We just talked about. So I mean, going up against Justin Herbert and, and this is uh, Chargers offense. I'm really excited to see what they can do. I think they're going to be able to stop the run, Austin Eckler and the run there. Um, but it is going to be interesting to see how they do contend with this uh, Chargers passing attack. And this is when you need the Bears pass rush to pass rush to step up and get after Herbert, force him into the kind of mistakes that we saw him make against the Chiefs. Granted, we all know that the Bears pass rush is not anywhere near Kansas City's, but you do need your guys to step up and at least, you know, create a little havoc uh, in there and make Herbert, you know, kind of, you know, start, start making mistakes there and start, you know, questioning and just make them uncomfortable, right? And that's something that we haven't seen the Bears defense do a whole lot of, but if they can do that, I think that this, that they do have a, a legitimate shot to win this game because you look on offense too. And I mean, I think we can agree, Ryan, that the Bears need to, you know, be a little bit more aggressive when it comes to Tyson Bajan in the passing game this week. 
But at the same time, if you have a they have a top five run game that just continues to churn yards, uh, I actually have a story that's uh, going to be going live on Wednesday just about how dominant this run game has been over the last several weeks. Since week four, Ryan, they have rushed for 171 yards, 178 yards, 162 yards, and 173 yards. When you have a run game that's just full on dominating and you really don't need to lean on your rookie quarterback, keep pounding the rock and keep doing that. But I do want to see a little bit. I want to see Luke Etsy be a little bit more aggressive. Let Bajan, you know, throw a little bit more down the field. But again, you have Deontay Foreman, who he's had two solid games. You're going to get Roshan Johnson back uh, coming off of concussion protocol. So, I mean, I think the offense can can hang, right? And, you know, with that strong run game, you can, you know, I can help, you know, take time off the clock, just really execute those long sustained drives that we saw against the Raiders, which was so important and so integral to their success in that game. So, I'm really excited for this one. This is I'm not going into this game, Ryan, being all doom and gloom. I'm just, you know, I'm eager to see how it plays out because I think that, you know, they're tr- the offense and the defense are trending in the right directions. Yeah, I, I like that. And and I like what you said about the Bears being a little more de- aggressive because, you know, the Chargers are going to be aggressive. I think Brandon Staley is probably the most aggressive coach in the league when it comes to like going forward on fourth downs or making crazy decisions. He'll go forward in his own territory, right, Alyssa? So... The Chargers are going to be aggressive. Maybe that comes back to bite them. Uh, who knows? But the Chargers are going to go all out to try to score a lot of points, and the Bears might have to match them a little bit. You might feel a little bit better with Justin Fields out there than you do with Tyson Bajant based on what we saw in the first game, how they used him. So will they get a little more aggressive? That's a good question. Uh, can Tyson Bajant be effective down the field? That's another good question. We haven't really seen that yet. A lot of it was quick and short. So um, going to be going to be cool to see what they dial up. They're going to have to change it up a little bit, right? But uh, yeah, Foreman, I, I love. I love what he's brought to the lineup. I know he's not a sexy back by any means. I like Rashawn Johnson. I like Khalil Herbert. They're more sexy. They can rip off the big play better, right, Alyssa? But Foreman's come in, and he's just, he's kind of a beast, isn't he? He just, I don't know. He takes what's there. He's physical. He toughed it out through an injury there a little bit in that game against the Raiders, I thought. One stat I love about Deontay Foreman is that he's averaging around five yards per carry, but his long, Alyssa, is 14 yards. So he doesn't have any of these big runs that are propping up his stats. Like, he's averaging five yards a carry, and he's getting literally four, five, six yards every time you're handing him the ball. He's going forward. He's beating up the defense in the process. He's a physical guy. So give me more of him. I know he was inactive for quite a few weeks there earlier in the year. He's come on because of the injuries, and he's given the Bears a boost. So I'm a fan of Foreman. I hope he sticks around. I think he's giving you something even when... These other backs get healthy. Uh, but did I hear you right? Did you say you thought the Bears had a chance to win this game? I think you said that in your commentary earlier. And I think the Bears opened as nine and a half point favorites this week. I think the line has moved down to eight and a half. Maybe a little bit of love. Yeah, a little bit of love going to the Bears. But they are big dogs in this game on the road in gorgeous SoFi Stadium, by the way. I love that. I, I got to go visit that stadium in LA. That thing looks awesome. Um, but what do you, you think? The Bears are going to, you think they're in line to cover this spread, I think is where you're leaning, Alyssa. And you think they might have a chance to win it? Brian, we've played this game before, right? You know, after the Bears win, yeah. I'm, more, I'm feeling the most optimistic. You're very that positive I do. after a win. You are. Yes. I am very positive, but I also, I I understand that I, that positivity is probably just going to be completely annihilated um, after this game. But no, like looking at the line, I think it's down, I think the Bears are eight and a half point underdogs. So, I mean, if anything, I'm going to take the points at this point. Like I, I mean, I think that's huge for a chargers team that has 
two wins just like the Bears, has notably struggled. Um, granted, I still think the Chargers are the better team here. But again, they have a head coach in Brandon Staley who very well might be fired before Matt Eberflus, especially if he loses uh, to Tyson Bajan on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, maybe on Monday. That was sent to me by my Chargers <laughs> guy, by the way. Uh, shout out Gavino. Um, it's just, I mean, I think it's it's definitely an interesting matchup. There's a lot of storylines in this one, right? You have two head coaches that are on the hot seat. You have a, a big-time quarterback in Justin Herbert who just got paid against an undrafted rookie making his second NFL start. I mean, it's 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 going to be an interesting game for sure. And I think that I do feel like eight and a half is a little generous <laughs> for odds makers. I get it. The Bears are the Bears. And I could very well be wrong, just like you were last week about Bajan, right? I mean, maybe the Chargers go out there and they just whoop the Bears' ass. Like, I mean, that's very likely. It could happen. We don't know. Um because we know for so long the Bears have been the get-right game for a lot of teams, so maybe that happens. But at least right now, I'm kind of looking at how the Bears' offense and defense has been trending in the right direction. I mean, I I don't know, like if the Chargers' pass rush can really get to Bajan and start making him commit those mistakes that you know had gotten Fields into some trouble against the Vikings, and we, I mean, this thing could this game could get ugly, but. I do think this is some. This is a game where it could be close. I do think the Chargers ultimately prevail. I don't know if I'm ready to pick the Bears just yet. Uh, you can check out Bears Wire on Friday to see my game picks. <laughs> um, I have a few days, right, to to see if anything changes there. But I I don't think it's going to be as big of an upset, or I'm sorry, as big of a of a win for the Chargers. I don't think they should be eight and a half point favorites, cons- all things considered, for them. But I don't know. I've seen stranger things, right? I mean, the Bears have yet to put together a two-game or any kind of win streak, honestly, or win back-to-back games in the Matt Eberflus era. So, again, I don't know. That's that's probably going to stay the same. Who knows? But I'm going to give them a chance, Ryan. I'm going to say that they have a chance to win this game. Saying there's a chance. I like that. There's Uh, a chance. I, I love Justin Herbert. I'm a fan of him. I think he's awesome. I think he's being ruined by this stupid coach over there, Brandon Staley, who I guess has ties to the Bears, you were reminding me earlier today. Uh, but Staley is just, I think this guy's a doofus. I, I really do. I, I'm not i am not a Brandon Staley guy. I think he's, I mean, he's supposed to be a defensive guy. The Chargers got lit up for like almost 500 total yards and four touchdowns last week against Chiefs. Like they're just, I don't know. I don't think his defenses are ever that good. I think he's kind of ruining a really good quarterback in Justin Herbert. They're down Mike Williams on offense, so that changes things for them. Uh, they're shuffling the deck a little bit. Yeah, I think I think the the Chargers are too stupid of a team. Their coach is too dumb, too stupid. He's going to make weird decisions that make you scratch your head and laugh as a fan watching it. So I'm comfortable taking these points. I'm with you. I I loved it at nine and a half. I thought that was a that that number made me do a double ch- t- take. I'm like, how are the Chargers favored by nine and a half against anyone? That team. Uh, now it's down to eight and a half. So if we're at that number, it's it's it gets more interesting as you get closer to a touchdown. But I think uh, the Chargers are gonna they they're one of those teams where again Brandon Staley might go for a fourth down in his own his own uh, end of the field or make some stupid decisions, bypass a field goal, leave points on the field, and that can benefit the Bears as they're trying to cover the spread or maybe even trying to get a chance to win it at the end. So yeah, if we're if we're talking spread eight and a half. I like the Bears. I'm not. I'm not going to pick them to win it. I just think Justin Herbert versus Bajan is a big mismatch. I'm not. I don't have the fever. I don't have Tyson Bajan fever yet, Alyssa. <laughs> we'll see after this week. Uh, but I think he's a fine, excellent 
backup quarterback for the Bears. So I just want to reiterate that. Sorry, Tyson, for my commentary last week. Uh, I, I'm not taking. I'm not taking the Bears to win. I don't. I don't like the money line, but I think at eight and a half, I'll take the points. I'm with you. Let's do it. Yeah, and like you said, I am interested to see what Bajan does do in the second start because I mean, there have been. I mean a lot of backup quarterbacks they come in that first game right and it's just especially when there's not virtually any film on you they come in and just light it up or in Bajan's case light it up from just an execution standpoint uh but I'm, I want to see him build off of that performance I want to see how this Chargers defense which we're going to see hey Khalil Mack reunion so you know that Khalil Mack's going to come out in this game when you know mm. that he wants to beat his former team so he's been good too we we shall see how the bears handle that and if the offensive line can hold up strong because i mean outside of larry borum i think that the offensive line did a really solid job including cody wayher who was at left guard uh and lucas patrick was back at center because nate davis is still out so i mean it looks like they're going to have the same starting offensive line because it doesn't look like nate davis is going to be able to go and they're coming off a really solid performance granted i think the game plan of those quick passes and really getting into an early rhythm for Bajan and having that run game to lean on. I think that definitely helped matters. So I definitely think that if the bears, I think the bears need to follow a similar game plan here and just again, Bajan, keep him comfortable, protect the football, play mistake free football. And I think that the bears could be in this game, at least, you know, you know, getting that down there into crunch time in the fourth quarter. So like you, I, I don't feel comfortable, like I said before, taking the eight and a half, but what is our over under set at? Is that was it forty seven I mean, and a half the last time oh, I saw? Oh man, I think I think I'm seated at forty four and a half. And, oh, it went down. And the, okay. And the Bears are six and one. I'll I'll check it. I'll check where the line is right now after I pitch it back to you here, Alyssa. But the Bears, in terms of going over the total, are six and one this year. If you're if you've just blindly been betting the Bears overs all season, you would have hit six out of the seven games. And I believe the only over that we picked and they didn't cover was that Vikings game where the Bears were held to, what, 13 points and the Bears defense held a top five Minnesota Vikings team to, what, 19? Yeah, so, of, course, of mean, course. If I pick you, it's the kiss of death. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so I don't know. Should we stay away from it then? I don't know. Yeah, we might. <laughs> like, let me let me just check where this line is at. Yeah, 46 and a half. You're right. It has. It, so it, the I think it opened low. And it's been getting bet up, um, and it's at forty six and a half now, and and that's that's why because bear, the Bears hit the over, and you got Justin Herbert, and um, and and you know maybe I'd feel a little bit better about the over if Justin Fields was in the game, right? But uh, the Bears tend to have these games where where the there's points on the board, Alyssa, right? So yeah, that's 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 one that you could look at. I, I think my preferred bet would just be the Bears take the points. Again, the Chargers are a stupid team. Do they have the talent to blow out the Bears? Absolutely. Will they do it? I don't. Probably not. They they tend to not do that because they're the Chargers and it's Brandon Staley. Um, but yeah, the the over under yeah. stats are crazy with this team. No, it is, and I keep thinking about you know I what the game the Bears game plan should be on offense, and that's continue to lean on the run game with your young quarterback. And we saw them against the Raiders and how they were able to just sustain those long drives. I believe. In coming out of the second half when they had that lead, uh, their first two drives, which also uh, led to a touchdown and a field goal, they took off a combined 14 minutes, which is essentially an entire quarter in two drives. And that's something that I think that if you're able to do that against the Chargers, not only are you going to be in this game at the end, but 
then that's where I think that's why I'm leaning under just because I believe they're going to have a similar game plan to what they did last week. And if, and I, I mean, the run game has just been on, you know, virtually unstoppable like the last month. So, I mean, I'm not going to be, I don't know why should I doubt that now? Um, yeah. I mean, I think I'm going to lean under uh, for the first time, but yeah, I mean, I think we both agree at this point, Ryan, that we're going to take the points <laughs> just, I mean, take the bears with the points. So it's, it's going to be an interesting, an interesting one for sure, but anything can happen in prime time. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, in prime time, betting the under in prime time is a little scary too, because you wonder if the NFL will tell the rest, Hey, throw some flags. We want some points on the boards. Prime time. We want to keep people <laughs> entertained. You know what I mean? I, that's one of my conspiracy theories. Uh, but yeah, you know, with Taysom Bajan, the run game, you know, the under comes into play here. It, it does. So it's something to look at, especially if this, this thing gets bet up any higher, like 47, 48 points. Come on. Uh, maybe you look at the under, I think that that's smart stuff, but, um, that's our take on the game. What do you think about it? Let us know. Um, Alyssa, what's going on Bears Wire? Anything you're working on special for this game? Anything working on special for the trade deadline that's coming up after the game? What should folks be looking for over the next couple of days? Yeah, so we definitely have all of our traditional pregame coverage um, on Wednesday. So we're, I mean, we're filming this on Tuesday. So by the time this is out, uh, we'll have our latest hot seat watch out, which as you can imagine, I mean, it's cool. It's cool a tiny bit, but... I still have the feeling that there's no way Matt Eberflew survives. Um, and then uh, one of my writers, Ryan Sykes, he has a four Bears trade candidates post that is now live. And then as uh, for the NFL wires, we went team by team, editor by editor, and everyone identified one player from that team that could be a potential trade candidate. And we had to switch uh, our Titans guy yesterday <laughs> when the trade went down um, for Bayard. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, this, this pans out. There's been reports from like uh, Brad Biggs from the Tribune that people believe that the bears aren't really going to be active. They're just going to stand pat, which I think is smart. Uh, I, let's get Jalen Johnson signed to a contract extension. Who knows? Maybe that happens before Ryan and I hop back on here next week. It could have, who knows at this point, since I've talked about it on the podcast, it's probably going to happen before this podcast is released. Cause that's, you know, how things tend to work. So, Hey, you're welcome, Jalen, if that is the case. Uh, but yeah, we have plenty of, uh, just, you know, pregame content. We're going to have you covered during the game, after the game. Uh, and, and if anything does happen, you know, ahead of the trade deadline, um, just keep it, uh, keep it locked on bears wire. Yeah. If, if Johnson gets paid, then you deserve a cut, Alyssa, it's a, a couple percent at least for that. Because I'm going to need you to do what you did, uh, with your, you know, Tyson Bajan, you know, rolling the footage <laughs> back and, you know, you got to find me told you so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's never, it's never fun when you have to issue a public apology, but it was that strong of a take, uh, in commentary on Bajan. I was predicting him to go out there and, and look like an undrafted rookie. And I was ready to rip the bears for putting him in that situation. I wasn't going to blame agent, but I, I, you know, got to call a spade a spade, right? Alyssa, you got to call it like you see it. And that was a, you know, <laughs> sometimes you have to retract the take. And and Tyson Bajan, you were texting that. me during the game. You're like, yep. uh oh, yep. I have to apologize about Bajan mm-hmm. this week. And you're like, uh oh, maybe I should start listening to you. And I'm like, see, 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 yep. Ryan, I told you. Yeah, I started formulating <laughs> my apology. I started writing it out right there during the game. I could tell, um, especially when they started Brian Hoyer and he was looking like Brian Hoyer out there. You could, you just kind of had a feeling where that game was heading. Um, but good for the Bears. Good for Bajan. Got a win under the belt. Could they challenge the Chargers? We'll find out. Should be a fun one. For Alyssa Barbieri, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining the pod as always. Again, subscribe, tell a friend, leave a review if you could. 
That's how you can support us. And uh, we appreciate that so much. Uh, and we will talk to you next week. And as always, bear down. Thank you.